0: Hello, you're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific, or Ingo, or Susana Sui Coming up...
1: I did place an invitation to him at the next earliest available time. Please come and visit us here.
0: The stage is set in PNG for India and US meetings, minus Biden. Also, Cook Islands PM shares his thoughts on regional issues ahead of the meeting and later on... The budget is about easing the cost of living pressures for our Pacific community. New Zealand's no-frills budget is a sign of the times for Pacific communities. But first up, some brief updates from around the Pacific, where a tsunami threat has been issued, just after 3pm on 19th of May by the Pacific Tsunami Warning Centre for Vanuatu and Fiji, after a 7.7 magnitude earthquake struck southeast of Loyalty Island. The tsunami alert for New Caledonia has just been lifted. The earthquake was six miles deep. RNZ Pacific's correspondent in Vanuatu, Halea Bule, says the people of Mystery Island on Anatium had experienced a mini-tsunami. More on this to come. (music) Meanwhile, the largest party in Fiji's parliament, Fiji First, has been suspended. Fiji's Electoral Commission announced the suspension on May 17th, saying the former ruling party would not function as a political entity until they presented financial statements to the Acting Registrar of Political Parties. Fiji First and three minor parties are all now offline and risk deregistration. Fiji First has challenged the decision, calling it unfair in writing to the Electoral Commission. Fiji's Parliament has released a statement that all Fiji First MPs are also suspended from Parliament until their party resolves its issues with the Electoral Commission. Pacific leaders are starting to trickle into Papua New Guinea ahead of two high-level meetings. The leaders are set for talks with India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi and a high-level US delegation in Port Moresby on Monday local time. Lydia Lewis reports.
2: (laughs) Fiji Prime Minister Setiwani Rambuka received a rousing welcome from young, traditional Motokoitabu dancers. But while the world arrives, there is one noticeably missing, President Biden. This much-publicised historic visit to PNG has been scrapped amid concerns U.S.'s debt issues could trigger global financial chaos.
1: He conveyed his sincere apologies that he cannot make it into our country. I did place an invitation to him at the next earliest available time. Please come and visit us here.
2: Instead, United States Secretary of State Antony Blinken is leading a high level delegation from Washington to Moresby. He's expected to meet Prime Minister Marape and then with other Pacific leaders. But Marape says President Biden still wants to meet face to face this year.
1: He did invite again the Pacific Island leaders to go back, uh, for a uh, continuation of a uh, progressive continuation of the meeting that we've initially held last September in Washington.
2: Meanwhile, Fiji Prime Minister Sitiveni Rambuka is expected to be joined in Port Moresby by 14 Pacific leaders, including New Zealand Prime Minister Chris Hipkins, Pacific Islands Forum Chair, and Cook Islands Prime Minister Mark Brown will also be there.
3: It's significant for us in the Pacific as well. It sends a signal about the US commitments for their increased engagement in our region.
2: Heading into Port Moresby, Prime Minister Brown says the Pacific's priorities have not changed.
3: Our focus in our region is on the recovery of our economies on the back of some pretty significant economic damage due to the closure of borders due to COVID. And also at the forefront of discussions will be issues around climate security of countries in the Pacific who face the wrath of nature right now and the uh, the effects of climate change.
2: For PNG, the US visit is particularly significant. Several agreements have been brokered in the lead-up to the meet, including a security cooperation and ship rider agreement.
1: For us to have a working partnership with the US Navy and US Coast Guard. With the US Coast Guard, it now gives us an opportune time to access, not just on maritime access, but satellite access to illegal fishing, drug, drug traffickers, uh, illegal loggers, and all those illegal transportations and activities that happen on the high sea.
2: While public concerns have been raised about the security cooperation agreement, Prime Minister Marape insists it is consistent
0: with constitutional provisions. And in the previous story that you've just heard, Cook Island's Prime Minister Mark Brown will be in PNG. Mr Brown, who is also the Pacific Islands Forum Chair, says clarification around the intent of the AUKUS deal changed his mind after initially saying it went against the Pacific Nuclear-Free Treaty. The deal will see the Australian government spending nearly $250 billion US dollars over the next three decades to acquire a fleet of nuclear submarines. The Treaty of Rarotonga, to which Australia is a signatory, formalises a nuclear weapon-free zone in the South Pacific. In an extended interview with Lydia Lewis, Mark Brown shares his thoughts on AUKUS and other regional and domestic issues. You were quoted in the
2: Cook Islands News saying that AUKUS went against the Rarotonga Treaty, and then you later said that you were reassured after a trip to the US. What changed your mind?
3: Well, AUKUS was announced to the Pacific countries without much consultation. Subsequent to that, we did have further discussions, particularly with Australia as to the AUKUS agreement between Australia, the UK, and the US. So there is more clarification for us around the intent of AUKUS. So that's basically what changed our mind, is the assurance from the partners in AUKUS, particularly Australia, that they are mindful of the Rarotoma Treaty and that they will abide by the Rarotoma Treaty.
2: And you've been invited to the G7 Summit. Are you the first Pacific Islands Forum Chair to be invited? And what will you be doing there?
3: I'm not sure if I'm the first Pacific Island Chair, but I do note that it's a very auspicious occasion for me to be invited to. And I look very much forward to engagement with the G7 leaders and being a voice for the Pacific on issues that we have identified as priorities for our region.
2: Who are you going to meet with there, specifically?
3: Yeah, I believe we'll have a chance to speak to uh, the G7 leaders. But we're also, at this stage, trying to organise some bilateral meetings individually with some of the leaders.
2: And Japan as well. You're going to Japan, which, of course, is the home of the contentious Tepco treated water issue. Will you be meeting with Japan on that as well while you're there?
3: That depends if it's brought up in the agenda by Japan, but I, I do expect there will be some discussion around that. Mindful, though, that this meeting is also being held in Hiroshima, a city that had suffered the devastation of a nuclear attack during World War Two, So we're comfortable now with the the commitments that Japan has made to the Pacific Island Forum countries in more intensive dialogue between their scientific panel and the forum's own scientific panel, with the inclusion of the International Atomic Energy Agency. And I understand a report will be submitted by the end of June, and until such time there will be no discharge into the Pacific. So we really await the outcomes of the the report by the scientists responsible for this uh, monitoring.
2: And where is the Cook Islands at with developing a deep sea mining industry? Do you believe that you can develop one that is safe and viable?
3: Well, that's our aim. You know, we are a country that's 99.99% ocean. So it's inevitable that we will turn to our ocean for our protection, for our future prosperity. But let me say that our industry, our seabed minerals industry, we're following very much the precautionary approach in the exploration phase that we're in now. And it's about gathering information and data the ability to be able to test equipment, to be able to verify that we can actually harvest these nodules in a way that does not damage our marine environment. So at this stage, we're very much in the knowledge and understanding phase. And we're, we're positioning ourselves as an environmental country to be one of the world leaders in the understanding of our deep ocean. And that's where we'd like to be.
2: How long until you move into the action phase, I'm sure it's not going to be called that, but when will we start to see movement or when do you hope to start to see movement? Is there a year that you're looking at?
3: No, that's going to be based on data and information which will then determine whether we take the next steps towards harvesting of our nodules.
2: A question for your role as Pacific Islands Forum Chair. Does the Pacific Islands Forum support the view of New Caledonia's FLNKS movement that the result of the 2021 referendum on independence from France should be annulled? Or is it the Forum's view that the result is legitimate outcome of the decolonisation process?
3: The Forum view is that we respect the due process of each country. And it is not our role to to intrude into the domestic matters of countries as they determine their independence or their dependence on other countries. That's a matter that we leave entirely for each country to deal with on their own.
0: New Zealand's Pacific package in its annual budget focuses on strengthening the Pacifica workforce and includes funding for media entities to deliver Pacific language programming. The government's Pacific allocations come to $51 million this year. Caleb Fotheringham reports.
4: The total for Pacifica projects since 2019 totals $734 million, the last year's allocation being $196 million. Minister for Pacific Peoples Barbara Edmonds says although funding specifically for Pacifica has decreased, Pacific people will benefit from broad initiatives like scrapping the five dollar co payment on prescription medicine and free public transport for children under thirteen. She says the Pacific package was a sign of the times. This-
0: particular budget package yes it is smaller than the year before but again it is a sign of the times that we're coming through and we've also got a wider budget initiatives, which again Pacific people will benefit greatly from.
4: Mrs Edmonds says it's a tough time for the economy and people.
0: The budget is about easing the cost of living pressures for our Pacific community and we have a number of initiatives right throughout the budget that support
4: that. The biggest spend in the Pacific package is $14.1 million on the Pacific Community Resilience and Wellbeing Fund. It's an initiative the government says provides funding to strengthen the Pacific workforce. The next biggest spend is $13.3 million to implement the Pacific Languages Strategy. $9.2 million of this will go to media entities to deliver Pacific language programming and $4.1 million will go to an online resource hub to create a new platform for Pacific language learners. Sir Colin Tukwitonga from the University of Auckland says the budget looks very positive for Pacific families. People will always say it's never enough, but it's going to be definitely better than last week when all of this kicks in, so I do think it'll benefit people without a doubt. Sir Tukuitonga, similar to Edmonds, says the overarching initiatives would also benefit Pacific people. He says the package was still an achievement, despite it being smaller than last year. I can tell you when I was at the Ministry of Pacific Island Affairs, we didn't get one cent more. So yes, it's less than last year, but it's still an allocation. For Anna Ika, a social policy analyst from the Salvation Army, the budget was underwhelming. She says the future was acknowledged as part of the budget theme, supporting for today, building for tomorrow, but it did not do enough to alleviate the immediate costs on families. However, Ms Ika says the investment into building 3,000 additional public homes by June 2025 would benefit Pacific people, who made up about 15% of the housing register from December to March of this year.
2: We believe that by addressing housing, that in turn will impact our Pacifica communities as well. We think it's long overdue. This should have come years ago, but we're grateful that it's here now.
4: Other Pacific funding will go towards a Pacific Employment Action Plan, Pacific Early Childhood Education and support for Pacific-owned businesses.
0: That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs or you can download us on Spotify, iHeart or Apple Podcasts. From myself and the team here at RNZ Pacific, so